0: Well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sour and Sass. I am very excited to be here today, and I'm joined by Chad Reed. Chad, welcome to the show, uh, VP thanks, of Marketing at Topform. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. No, man, this is going to be great. Now, we are talking a little bit offline, and you and I share one commonality. I'm sure there's more, but we're both bootstrapped. Um, yeah. I, never saw it like as a disability or like any, I, I don't know. I never even occurred to me as something that affected my marketing. Cause I always figured my marketing should make me money. So I never like struggled with it, but I know in the VC world and Silicon Valley, kind of like technology SaaS firms, it's a big difference. What do you think the big difference between bootstrap VC funded? Like how does that affect your marketing? Um, autonomy,
1: honestly, I, I think, uh, if if you can grow a company and be and thrive at being bootstrapped, then you know who do you answer to other than your your CEO and founder? And luckily, he's extremely supportive of our marketing efforts and um, you know it, it just getting buy in on on our um, on our projects. And and you know, fortunately, he he greenlights a lot of ideas, whether he's unsure if they're, they're going to work or not, and, and kind of gives us that flexibility. So I think having that leeway. It, can only really come from a, a bootstrap company where you know you can make your case for whether it's a good idea or not but like really just having that that approval process in place i to me I, th- I think makes a big a big difference um yeah I mean, you know, we we carry we carry that like a, a, a badge of honor like it, it's really it's bootstrap by choice at this point yeah. um and, and i didn't i'll just just a quick quick side note you know i i, I didn't i didn't realize that necessarily at first like it wasn't a sell Coming into it, um, I'd come from a uh, I previously was it what is it a failed startup uh, before Jotform, and then I remember during that interview process they're like, oh, we're bootstrapped, we're doing it ourselves, and then that that was really just code for uh, no one will give us money. So I, I went into the you know the Jotform interview and we we're talking about it and um, and and it really became clear that you know. The foundation on on this company is actually very very strong. the The product is very very strong. The the customers are yeah. loyal, and we have and we have a lot of them. And we are really are bootstrapped by choice. So uh, that became apparent, that's, and and it's uh, you know six and a half years later since I've been here, we're we're still bootstrapped and
0: and growing and thriving. So yeah, that's amazing, Chad. No, I love to hear that. And I think it's cool to hear your perspective on autonomy because I think people think VC, they think big budget, but I think Big budget also equals big approval, right? In a lot of senses. Mm -hmm. And they might devalue how much they actually need autonomy as a marketer, which I always find unique, especially working with like our publicly traded clients, how apathetic you can become. They aren't all like that. And most of them fight it, but you have to fight apathy in a very non-autonomous environment I found. So very interesting. Now I had a question for you. So when we look at job form, you're uh, doing a big push with Facebook and Google um, sign-up forms, essentially allowing those organizations to pull the data in and you know decrease the steps and like one-click sign-on to a certain certain extent, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does that work? What's the drawbacks? What should we be aware of? Like, if I wanted to do that today, let's say like for a SaaS company and recommend it on their landing page, what are the pros and cons? Like, what should we weigh? Like, how do you think about it? When you mean when you say facebook do you mean our like embedding yeah. a form on facebook no like when i land on your page i can sign in or sign up with facebook sign oh, up sure. with Google. Yeah. like so this sign up with a third party type of concept pros easy one click sign up right to a certain mm-hmm. extent what's the cons like what should we be aware of How, what do you juggle like what do you think about it you know there aren't, aren't really huge cons
1: for us um uh, we didn't ask for a lot of information before you know, we're we're a freemium service. We we kind of deal in, in big numbers um, and big sign-up numbers. So it really it's really just pros for us. Like we we have a it's one it's not only an easy step or a, a, a seamless process to sign up, but it's also um, at this point something that people you know consumers are, are familiar with and, and comfortable yeah. seeing. So I think they're they almost expect that when they're, when they're interacting with a SaaS product. Um, yeah. So we've seen huge. Huge sign up growth with that, uh, and that's yeah. I I honestly can't even think of any drawbacks. It, it's just been it's been it's been really? great. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't see a lot of people doing that. It's funny because you said consumers, which I love. I mean, you could technically call yourself B two B, but it, you obviously have this consumer centric marketing, which I think is brilliant. What about hidden fields? So let's say I'm running um, Google Ads using offline conversion tracking, and I want to do target CPA. So I want to know what percent of people come to Jotform sign up and fully create a form and then i'm going to create that as an event and i'm going to say i'm willing to pay the x amount for someone to take y action and i'm going to pipe that data back to salesforce can i do hidden fields with like sign up via google and facebook can like is there a way to still use offline conversion tracking and more advanced like performance marketing stuff with uh google sign on and things like that as a user uh, as a marker, like if I'm in your seat and I run like offline conversion tracking or use a hidden field or Google click ID, like is there any way for me to do that with the social signups?
1: Uh, to a degree, but, um, you know, we, we we tend not to maybe maybe get that granular with their AdWords, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, you know, I think for us uh, – We just boil down to to use cases and and really targeting those keywords um and then yeah you know putting putting most of our our budget toward that and and you know kind of leveraging those
0: for for signups yeah yeah i love that i'm just curious but i haven't actually ran or set it up before so i love where your head's at templates for growth you all do something really cool with your templates where you've also integrated almost to where it feels like an app so like when i go to your templates i see demo and i can actually experience the template I think you're doing a really good job with product-led growth like that, and I'm pushing more organizations to do it. But we struggle to get buy-in. What was it like, like getting buy-in to create such an integrated experience? I think you all do a really, really good job of that. Like, what was that like internally? You know,
1: it predates me, but I, I'll tell you, it, it was almost—it really was organic growth, like in, in every sense of the word. Because a lot of our templates are are user generated and user uploaded. So we've we kind of built this uh, enormous template library without a lot of effort up front. And it's kind of amazing because it, it led us to growth channels and, and and segments that we wouldn't have even thought about, right? Like all of a sudden we're ranking really well for yeah. photography session agreements, right? Like I don't think that was on anyone's mind before, before someone, a user, who was a photographer created that and uploaded it. But all of a sudden we have you know, number one for that and photographers make up an outsized portion of our user base. And it was all just because a user, you know, many, many years ago, uploaded that to our to our template gallery and, and we've reaped the benefit ever since. So um, there's a lot to be uh, said about, you know, just a- allowing your users to do that. And especially going back to if you have loyal users and, and users who are really advocates for your product they're, they're going to want other people to be able to use it and, and kind of create a community so um, I mean there, there are drawbacks we have to occasionally police uh, and do some quality control on, on what people upload to to our template gallery. Uh, but you know the benefits outweigh the cons in, in this case and, and you know we're, we're able to identify our use cases really really specifically and and get a lot of users We have over 10,000 templates I mean it's a lot of templates. And they uh, all are indexed, right? And they all
0: rank technically, and they all go yeah. into net new acquisition. Yeah, for sure. I, was, yeah. I mean, so, honestly,
1: it's more sometimes more of a problem of uh, whittling it down and making sure the the template that we want to to rank is ranking. You know, because we'll have uh, a yeah. bunch ranking for various similar keywords, but it allows you to get more granular too if it's a we don't just have to do a PayPal or I'm sorry, we don't have to just do an order form. We, you know, a template, yeah. we can do a PayPal order form template or whatever other PayPal, or a long tail, another <laughs> other months. payment processor, uh, that, that might, might fit with it. So yeah, t t-shirt order form or I mean, whatever it is like very, very specific. Uh, we can, we can have a template for that and, and it'll rank. So yeah, oh my it's goodness. worked. It's worked quite well. I love that. Chad. Now it is sour and sass. Are you ready? Oh, is it? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so do I want to go, uh, Blue raspberry,
0: watermelon, or black cherry? Little known fact for our listeners who might watch this show every week, I'm allergic to watermelon, so I and melons in general. So I have to oh. avoid all melon-flavored candies. I don't <laughs> even like, swallow up and die on the show. Yeah. Well, out of respect, right, are you ready? Uh, I'll
1: go with a blue, blue raspberry.
0: Yep, let's do it. Okay. Oh yeah, that's mm. sour. It's not the same as my coffee. i am excited. And don't mix. Sour candy and coffee. I'm not friends. Yeah. This is really unpleasant. Oh yeah. This is every morning, man. I love this show. Best show ever. So check this out. <laughs> mm. You're for, worse than I thought. Oh yeah, it is. No, no. This is <laughs> by the way, the first one, better than the second second Mm. one's going to kill you. So, (laughs) but we'll get there. Now, your name's JotForm. Mm -hmm. Yet, the more I explore your website, the less I see forms. Yep. So it seems like we're at this like, I don't want to call it a product crisis. I'm going to call it a product transformation. How are you juggling that? Like, you get on going with this? Like, how are you juggling your name's JotForm, your product, historically it was forms and the more i go deep you're pivoting in the tables simple crms mm-hmm. and more like the, the wave that you see notion on and Airtable on what's the thought here what's the strategy like how are you all navigating this um
1: you know you're asking a million dollar question and uh, it's actually one that that we pose internally uh quite a bit right like we're we're sort of at an inflection point. We're at our 15 year mark at, at the company, and yeah. um, we just crossed a uh, i don't I don't want to quite announce it to the world, but a, a rather large uh, user number. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I th- think we're at a point where a sort of decision time on what what we talk about or how we how we position the company. Like who are there's kind, kind of two of- two 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 uh, pulling idea thought ideas here, right? And one of them is um we have these these products that we built. We have an incredible product team. And the the idea behind that was always we're going to be giving our users something more that they can do with the data that they're collecting through their forms. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna use uh I mean job form tables is a it's a huge launch, right? It's yeah. uh, it does put us in it's that like space. Vital. It
0: looks good. Like the, your product looks good. It looks very like competent. That's why I was like mm-hmm. It put some resources. It wasn't like they accidentally tried something. Like they are trying something. Yeah, it's funny. The
1: timing ended up being funny because it Google Tables kind of had like their beta launch a month before we did, and it looked like we you know whipped this thing together in 30 days to to counter that. It wasn't the case. It was it was a two year build, uh, yep. and a lot of research went into that, and and uh, a lot of our yeah a lot of our talent, talented developers put a lot of hours into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's it's do we do we reposition Jotform as hey we're, we're this we're this you know bigger we're we're clearly more than forms uh, here's here's what we have we have these um, you know PDF uh, workflows too that we've that we've built on and and Jotform tables and we have a really ambitious roadmap for for 2021 but the central the central Driver of growth for us has always been forms. That's the thing we're always going to be the best at. Um, yeah. And it's it's uh, our CEO kind of like famously told us like it's it's a puzzle. Forms are the puzzle piece that are at the center of this puzzle, and everything we're kind of building is is around that. And it's the one thing that I can say that we're we're going to be the industry leader in. We're going to be the best in the market. Um, we have that, and and yeah. kind of what we build around that is sort of. Should fuel our our form products, and I think that's their differentiator. So I think uh, yeah. if you look at a lot of these other services, or you know, if you look at you know an Airtable, they, they've done a, a really, they built a really great product, but um, their forms aren't JotForm. You know, they have they have Airtable forms, but they can't do the things that that we can do. So that that's sort of our our USP when when we look at it as like a you know how, where do we fit in this in this ecosystem.
0: This is something I never thought about, though, Chad. So, like, what makes a great form? Like, because, like, in my mind, when I think form, and this isn't anything against job form, I think type form, and I think gravity forms. That's because I'm, like, a, you know, a marketing ah. guy who did a bunch of WordPress stuff, so I always right. use gravity form. And then type form, I always thought their layout was cool.
1: Right.
0: But I never thought either of them was a better form than the other. So, like, it's because it's a tough thing about forms, right, is it's such a, like, does it work? And I kind of spin up the CSS is how I think a mass market thinks about it. You obviously think about it different. So what is great? What is a great form? Like, how, how can we understand that? Because I think that fuels a lot of what your beliefs are, what you communicate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on it depends on the user for for sure. It's it's really use case driven, but um, we have layered on so many features and and integrations that that kind of separate us, frankly. Um, you know if you want to collect payments simultaneously with, with your form we have 30 payment processors so if you're using a, a different you know if, if you're if you're using a, an existing payment processor already and you want to be able to transfer that into some sort of an online form capacity be it a an application fee on your application form or a registration fee for a registration form order form donation form for nonprofits you name it um, you know we we have a, a incredible selection that, I get that what you're do. saying
0: right now so you're saying is you have the best form for accomplishing outcomes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i think that's like a very you know what i'm saying like because all those other forms they don't accomplish any outcome right like gravity forms this is what d- engineers i found on wordpress like to use i don't know why i just end up having a gravity form on my wordpress site but yeah. i never really chose it and then type form people think the ui is cool but it's no outcome you're talking about outcomes right like we want to accomplish something jot form helps you accomplish things Via forms, which then makes sense on the tables, right? Because you're so outcome-oriented as an organization, I can see that connection now that I didn't see before. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've 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 layered on a lot of other products that that kind of support that too. Um, that you know, we're, we're really really proud of. And I think one thing about job form too that I think when we were going up against uh, Typeform and when Typeform was sort of emerging, what made us different was, you know, your forms aren't going to look uniform. You know, they're not, not. You're not necessarily going to look at a form created through Jotform and say, "Oh, that was that's a Jotform." Whereas with Typeform, it's like, you get you get their style and it's cool, yeah. and, and you know people people certainly like it. But with Jotform, you make it your own. You you can, um, you know, several years ago we kind of launched an advanced uh, CSS designer that even if you don't have technical skills, you can really manipulate it to, to look exactly like your 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 brand and, and your website. Um, so a lot of a lot of people are interacting with JotForm and you don't even you don't even really? realize it. It's not announcing itself to the world by by any by any stretch. So um, yeah, that's that's always something that we kind of lean down as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then HIPAA compliance, that. right? Like the during uh, during the pandemic, that that's been a big. Uh, that's something that most of our competitors, you know, most of the form software in our space don't don't offer. So. Uh, you know, if, if, you're in the medical field or, you know, certain nonprofits or governments or, or whatever it is, and especially when you're, uh, thinking about signing people up for a vaccination or a telehealth appointment or whatever the, you know, imagine the use case. We're using it
0: every day and we don't even realize it. We're using a job form literally every day and we don't even realize it. hmm Right. Now yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> one of the things I find interesting is integrations. And it sounds like you all have done such a good job of plugging yourself into your ecosystem as a SaaS company, whether that's, you know, uh, UGC and templates and plug yourself into Google and use cases or integrations and outcomes. How has integrations powered your growth? And how can other SaaS marketers use integrations to grow? Because I think it's obviously been a huge part of your success. Yeah, it's kind of twofold.
1: You know, one of them is, it creates stickier users, right? Like if if you, uh, we weren't naive at first, like people, especially before we were building products or things that you can do with the information that you collect within JotForm, people were using those forms for an entry point into some other system that they're working in. Uh, so we're creating better users by giving them the best form experience that, that the internet provides and that it integrates with their work tracking system if they're using Asana or Trello or email marketing or CRM or cloud storage or, or whatever. Uh, But being able to offer that, like the the correlation between not only the free and paid and whether they use integrations, but the various paid tiers and how many integrations they have is pretty striking, right? So we have like a bronze, silver and gold and our gold users are not just using on average one or two integrations. They're using like several integrations and they have multiple forms and they're connecting through multiple systems. So we see it as like a really, you know, a, a churn reduction mechanism, but also a, a driver in, in encouraging, en- encouraging that kind of growth. The other thing I wanted to say too, is like we, we look at integration partnerships through the lens of marketing and
0: That's lovely, yeah. That's marketing
1: output. Right. So yeah. um, it's, I, I almost think of it as in, the same way that I would think of PR like that they're they're a publication and they're a channel that we're hoping to tap into their audience if you know that we would like if if the asana blog mentions us then that we, we look at that as a win in the same way that we would a you know mid to upper tier tech public tech blog or something like that that's like yeah. talking about our solution so um yeah you know co-marketing is like a, a big point of emphasis and unfortunately you know, we have great partners that see the value of JotForm, and we see the
0: value of them, and we're we're always happy to go to market with them. Do you have someone full-time owning integrations for you when you think about your team internally? Is that like a full-time focus? How does that like work for you? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh,
1: You know, on our side, we have a partner marketing manager, but we also have an integrations team uh, dedicated to building, maintaining uh, integrations as well. So... Uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big focus for us. It's a big focus for us, and I, I imagine it's going to continue to be a big focus for us. No, hundred percent. Now,
0: you said something earlier about your plans and your features. I wanted to unpack that a little bit. I was curious. You have monthly and annual pricing. You use a toggle. I always love the toggle. I think it's a really cool little way of doing it. Mm-hmm. How did you decide the percent change? I was always curious about that. I, I've never <laughs> like. Did you all kind of like just pull it out of your butt? Is it accidental? Did you have like a scientific method? Like, are you? continuously testing that to see if you can find like larger LTV out of it. Like how, how are you going about testing annual versus monthly pricing?
1: Yeah. Um, we, 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 I think we're still continuing to test that. Uh, yeah. and I, I, I can't even remember how, how we ended up on the, the percent difference and I'm not even sure what percent difference you're seeing. Cause that might, might actually be the result of a test. So I can't even speak with any kind of authority on like what, yeah. what it's actually going to be. Um, same goes with our our like subscription pricing you know we've we've like tweaked it just to see you know are more people going to sign up for for silver if we raise raise bronze or lower silver or you know whatever because we ultimately it feels healthier to get people kind of in that middle one yeah uh, yeah I don't know uh <laughs> other than to say it usually starts out pretty unscientifically until we we start testing and, and kind of seeing yeah. seeing what works from there yeah
0: cool. offer sure.
1: discount a lot of discounts and when you, you do or don't, discounts are on the annualized side. So, you know, for, for users who are signing up, um, there's a 24 hour window in which they can go from free to paid if they a 50 discount if they if they wow. take action within that window and they get an a- annual plan. Um, so that's been a, a driver of growth. And we have like multiple, you know, uh, sales kind of throughout the year. We usually do a summer sale and end of year sale. And our users are kind of, they kind of know to expect it at this point, but, but it's great. We'll, we'll take it right.
0: Like, um, it's a wise, right. SAS. I, I mean, I've been doing these interviews. I'm on like season three now. No one talks about sales. No, like that is not a like best practice in the SAS world right now. It sounds like it's working for you. And I don't believe in best practices myself. So like, why? What's the logic? Why are we running sales? I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I'm just like really curious how you got there. When it like, why are you zigging when everyone's zagging? You know.
1: You know the numbers would suggest it's worth it. Uh, like the number of people <sighs> who were free users that. Well, and I I think that's the space we play, and the the, the, the percent to And when you think about freemium, yeah. we're not we're not trying to um undervalue our product, but for people who are maybe on the fence or um you know, not necessarily sure that they wanted to, and we're giving them, so we're going from free to paid, even if it's a 50% discount, we're, we get the volume, um, over, over these, these periods that it, it definitely makes it worth it. Yeah. And we've been doing it for years. And I think every year it gets, gets a little bit better because we're tapping into that, the, the free user market. And, and we think we're, we're probably convincing people by also like using that opportunity to highlight some of the extra features or not even features, but extra capabilities yeah. that you can do with chat form if, if you if you
0: get into that. So um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I think Love of course, it. yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, no. of course. I mean, we give away hundred dollar gift cards for people to take a proposal with us and everybody thinks we're crazy, but it works. Mm. Like you do the math and something works, it just works, right? Right, yeah. yeah. We have sour candy.
1: Oh, man, see, it's just now getting, like, I've, I've kept the other one in my mouth, and it's, like, just now getting sweet. Uh, sorry, I got it. You ready? Let me, um, hold on. What flavor are you going with?
0: Good question. Let me sip. uh, Orange pineapple. Hmm. Promising. Ah. I mean, I I've never, cherry. like, in my head, I was like, ooh, you got any orange pineapple daiquiris? So let's see. <laughs> Oh, that was so much more sour. It's not even close. The second one just slaps you.
1: Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Because you have that sweet aftertaste yeah. from the first one, and you're following it up with something really
0: Yeah, powerful. Like debilitatingly sour. Mm. Now <laughs> sounds like you have this like low cost, high volume acquisition through your templates, integrations, UGC, co marketing. Mm-hmm. And then you focus on activation with discounts, sales, other things like that. What does your team look like internally in a freemium organization? Yeah. So that you can focus on activation. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you focus more on activation than you do acquisition. Just due to your, probably your cost per acquisition profile. So, uh, or what does that look it look like? Yeah.
1: Well, we didn't actually touch on probably one of our, our biggest, uh, drivers of growth. And that's content. So internally, the team structure was a lot of focus on content, we have internal writers, um, content strategists, content operations, um, a number of various various SEOs, we have a full time editor, uh, just to to clean up our, our our content and and make sure it's consistent with our guide. We produce 100,000 words of blog content a month. Holy crap, hundred thousand words for context. That's a you know, a 400 page book uh, wow. that
0: we're, that we're putting, you know, putting out every month. So and how much head count is required for a hundred thousand words. Just so people actually have a reality of what it takes to do it the right way, instead of just burning out three writers, getting no results and quitting in three months. Yeah, that's <laughs> fun. That, that's a fun
1: topic. So I I would say we probably have 10 people spread across two different teams. We have our, our, our growth team uh, where they, they kind of deal with more than the site main inside of it and, and coming up with some of the, the topics as well. Um, and then our designers too are, are on, our, on our growth team. And then our marketing team, we have the two writers, the editor, another SEO. But it takes a, a, a prodigious amount of uh, effort and, and resources. And also freelancers, can't do it without freelancers. Yep. Uh, which is a mixed bag. Like there, there's really, we, we've had to uh, evaluate and, and
0: really go through when few. you get a good one, Chad, you got a good one. Like I've been doing freelancers for seven years on content. And when you get the good ones, I mean, I have some of them for three, four years that I feel like they're a part of the organization because yeah. we're their lifeblood of their salary. And we, they like yeah. to freelance, they have freedom. And now totally. Yeah. 10 people. Okay. Let's just go 10 times a hundred. Let's say we got a million dollars. Okay. And head count on content. Do have you when you do an LTV CAC ratio, let's say internally, and you look at your and you break it down by channel, right? So you have direct, which we'll exclude. We just look Mm -hmm. at organic, and then we go look at paid. Are you seeing due to the sunk cost of organic, aka you invest in a piece once and then Mm -hmm. every net new lead hits against an initial cost per acquisition, but not an ongoing? Are you finding like increasing marginal returns from this strategy and then decreasing from paid, or how do you balance paid and organic? Since you've made such a large investment,
1: yeah, I mean we we definitely silo those two, uh, but it, it it was tough to see the returns early with any with any SEO game, right? It's it's such a long yeah. such a long game, and not every piece of content pans out, and some of the pieces generate a lot of traffic and and not a lot of users, so um, it was hard to evaluate it from a ROI perspective early on, and uh, but recently, you know it. This is the great thing; it pays dividends, and something that we would have, you know, published nine months ago, all of a sudden starts to, uh, you know, bump up in the search. And, or there's a trend that uh, that captivates the world, or a global pandemic, and maybe we have some keywords that related to telehealth that maybe weren't doing so well earlier, but all of a sudden are booming. Then uh, we're we're glad we have those those uh, those pieces of content. So we're at the point now. Um, you know, we're getting just, just raw signups. I think we're, we're over 5,000 signups per month, uh, just based off of our, of our blog. And, and a lot of that is very high quality, you know, depending on what they're, what they're seeking specifically, but we're getting a lot of really high quality users and, and ultimately we're, we're banking on, or we at least see
0: that enough of them are turning into paid users to, yeah, to make that, to make that worth it. Yeah, a lot of people think bootstrap, and then they think, oh, no, budget. Obviously, you have a budget. Um, yep. We're trying to build a team of organic, and we want to go – Like, is what I see. I see people say they want SEO, so they hire us. Cool. We need some things internally for us to be successful, yeah. right? Just like you didn't just, like, hire a writer and be like, ooh, 100,000 words, baby, get to work, right? So, like – yeah. If someone's listening to this and like, Chad, you've inspired us. We have a freemium product. Uh, we're seeing diminishing re- re- marginal returns across paid. We're struggling to hit our CAC ratio. We need to create balance. We want to invest in things today that will pay back tomorrow. How would you go about building an organic team right now with everything you learned?
1: Uh, it's tough. It, it, it's so resource dependent. Um, and, and because even if you have good ideas they, uh, and we do, we have, we have like great, great strategy team. We also reap the benefits of having a really strong domain and think that we can be competitive for competitive keywords. Yeah. Um, Just starting out, you know, you have to look at at some of those, those grittier methods and think about where, where you can get your site listed and, and, you know, like kind of, kind of play that game, which uh, fortunately we haven't had to do as much of lately, but yeah, I mean, you kind of need a foundation before you can start thinking about, you know, getting getting after certain certain keywords or, or whatever, right? Because if you just start go off go off on your own and, and writing writing blog posts, like the return is going to be really really minimal, if if at best, mm-hmm. right? And yeah.
0: then that might not be worth it. You know, like you kind of have to hit a certain level of. Um, and authority. You need some type of yeah. like, like, I used to guest post for everybody. Now I can write mm-hmm. something on my site and rank for it. Right. So let's say though, I have guest posted. I have a domain authority. I feel confident in my domain. What do I need to build my team? Do I need one strategist, two strategists to like for every mm-hmm. one strategist, do I need two writers, three writers for every strategist. Do I need an SEO or are they the same person? Like how, how yeah. does that team makeup look like?
1: Um, strategy first. Yeah. Okay. Strategy first. I, I, I kind of, you know, when we we're embarking on this quest for a hundred thousand words, I I very mistakenly thought, oh, the people who write the content will come up with the ideas, and they're just very very different skill sets. They really are. Like, this the strategist is needs you know that are are they're a, they're a well versed, conversant SEO who uh, who knows how to generate these ideas, and that's just that's just asking too much to to find someone who's a career writer to all of a sudden like develop this this sense of, you know. Technical know-how, right? Uh, so, right. You, you have to start with strategy uh, before before you have anything in place, you know. And then, yeah, kind of, I, I, I I'd say probably that maybe the the first way to go is is freelancer if you can get a good one. Yeah. I would say you know it, it's you have to vet them. You have to look at their writing samples. You have to make sure that they're up for you know continuing work. Um, we we like having both because our our internal in-house writers are kind of our product experts. They're not yeah. necessarily focusing on SEO pieces, but they do deep dives, and they're they're getting paid the uh, salary, not the freelance fee, be, to be product experts. Uh, but that's yeah. not necessarily the case if you're if you're playing the SEO game and you just need to generate traffic and, and have good writing to do it. Um, I would say, make sure your you quality counts. Like, there, I really don't like the discount services; these like self service platforms to get content for. You know you can get a blog for 70 bucks it's going to take you longer to edit that thing th- and make it readable than it would have been to just write it yourself um you so for a thousand words what do you what do you think we should pay
0: um 300 bucks i was gonna say three hundred two. i was gonna say 250 to 400 like anywhere yeah. in there like cut this is yeah it. i
1: mean you know, it also kind of depends on where your freelancers live if uh if they're in the middle of the country they're 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 going to look for a little bit less of a fee if, if they're in the Bay area, you know, we, it gets as high as like 400 to 450. Um, and we're not, we're not super, you know, we, we evaluate based on quality, not, not necessarily the price. And we want to make sure that like, we're giving them a fee that, that they're yeah. happy with and excited about. Cause uh, honestly, the more you pay them, the more they're going to want to keep producing work for you. So, yeah. um, yeah, we've even created in, in, um, in, incentives i guess for for some of our writers like hey if you write x number of posts per month we'll pay you for an additional post uh, just to like you know to kind of put that in place and and it, yeah. you know, it gets them excited it gets
0: us excited and keeps the engine yeah. moving i love it chad this has been amazing yeah. thank you so much for going so deep with us um it was fun i wanted to really because like the, what you all are doing is very unique right you have a very multi-functional product with a very cool growth strategy. like uh, Really, really fun, exciting, and, and chatting about it with you. So thank you so much, Chad. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. It was a blast. It has been great. Well, <laughs> hey, thanks, everybody. That's Sour and Sass.